Marmakemis, a lot to say on this rebellion against Atalia, and we will continue with Hashem after Sukkis. Uh, just uh, check your email for the announcement. I don't know if it's going to be the first Sunday after Sukkot or the second Sunday, but uh, next Sunday morning I think we're going to have a bit of a problem with Shear because people are going to be very Isaac and Mitzvah unless you tell me that everybody has time. Uh, but it's going to be uh, challenging. So, Baruch Hashem, we got in today. Shir, and uh, we'll continue Mitzvah Hashem uh, after Sukkot. Uh, you have three copies in front of you, I want to first go to the Gemara Sanhedrin at Sadiheim and Aleph. We once saw part of this, but it's Reino again now, so we'll take a look at it again. If you recall, the beginning of the parak, Atalia had succeeded in wiping out 99% of Malchus Beis David. One child was saved, whisked away, and hidden right above the Kaddish Kadashim. And without a Gemara, it should certainly look bizarre. How can there be a Gezerah like this on Malchus Beis David? What happened? What triggered this? And uh, how was it saved? So this short piece in the Gemara tells you the background. Again, uh, page one, Sanhedrin, Sadi, and Aleph. The first bracket, I, I just uh, skipped around. It's a longer Gemara than we're going to see inside, but since we saw part of it already, I'm just going to highlight the main part for our needs now. Yishbi Benoit starts the first passage. You see that? You can take a look at Yud in the Amish, but if you want to see it inside, Yishbi Benoit, who was a, uh, one of the sons of Arpa, Shebilide Harpa, which is Arpa, again, highlighting the uh, tremendous gap between Rus and Arpa and her descendants. Mishka Kina, Shleshmeas, Mishka Nocheshes. This fellow was huge, had uh, a big spear like his brother and wanted to kill Goliath, wanted to kill uh, David in revenge for what he did to Goliath. He was waiting for his moment. As a matter of fact, the Pasuk says, this is the first day on the job, which means it was his initiation into a battle, and they used to try to find a a, a carbon the first day they would don their outfit. The Amal Lahakas is David, and he is now looking to, Lahakas here doesn't mean to hit, it means to hit and kill. And Apidech Hateva, uh, no one survives an encounter with him. And you'll say, well, for David Amalek, no problem, because he has experience with Goliath already. A couple of good stones representing Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov and a good slingshot, and you're good to go. That's true if you're expecting it, not if you're caught off guard. And let's go back to the Gemara. What's bothering the Gemara here is Yishbi Benoiv. That's not the city that he was from. So, whenever you have something like this in Tanakh, Divrayamam, every Pusik is like this. There are names associated that are not the real names of the people, and they're giving us a remez to this Midikanegimida and that piece of history and this Chazal. So Yishbi Menoiv, the Gemara is going to darshan over here. Amrav Yudam Arav Ishaba Al Iske Noiv. There was a kitrug hanging over Davon Melech way back from Noiv. Uh, whenever we uh, mention this Gemara, it's it's a pella to the level tzaddikim are held to. I don't want to discourage anybody from becoming a tzaddik. It's often like, uh, what do I? worked all these years to become a tzaddik, and now Hashem is medaktik kachot asaira. 
So the answer is, is that uh, the higher you are, uh, the more, I uh, spoke yesterday during the drush, if you remember, I gave the uh, venture capitalist example. So we'll talk about, uh, most people would like to be in a position when they're given millions and millions of dollars to play with, even though if you have $10 million, you can lose $10 million. So most people say, try me. Ah, if you just uh, don't touch the stuff, you won't lose the stuff. The answer is, is that uh, we all understand that uh, with more opportunity in Gashmias, we'd like to try and we can capitalize, even though the Sakana is certainly there in tandem with the opportunity. We all want to raise the Madregas, the purpose of life. And every time you raise the Madregas, Abdesla says, uh, yesterday's Nisayan becomes history, but all of a sudden you find yourself a new Nisayanis. You say, what did I gain? The answer is, you're gaining a bigger place in Alam Haba, which is the point. You're getting close to Kosh Baruch Hu. The fact that you seem to have new Nisianis that you never encountered before is because Hashem is testing you because according to you, Madriga, you can handle more. No? So again, when you enter the corporation, most people are trying to uh, go up the corporate ladder. What do they need the headache for? The more responsibility you have, the more tainas you might have and, on you, and the uh, more things can go wrong. The answer is... Um, Yes, the CEO, does he have more headaches than he had when he first came in the mailroom? Yeah. Is his pay higher? Yeah. So what does he need this for? More headaches, more pay. Why don't you just forget the pay and you'll have less headaches? He says, most people don't think like that. Whether, it's for a different schmooze, whether you should be in the partnership track of the law firm or not is not so pushive. According to this, uh, they could say, Rabbi Miner just said you should always be in the partnership track. Not so push it. Maybe it's better to uh, die alone and you go in-house somewhere or open up your own place. And you have your own set of headaches, but uh, it doesn't mean you have to make partner in a major firm. Uh, you know, they complain to me that they're making less per hour than the guy who's sweeping the floors. That's at the beginning. Okay, Th- that's not... Uh, but the Gashmi Sticker Mushal is, is a choice. The lawyers <laughs> are looking at me. Uh, <laughs> all the lawyers in this room went uh, better than in-house. They're, they're <laughs> so uh, they're... Uh, it's, it's not a partial decision one way or another. I, I saw, I've, I've encouraged people, I've discouraged people, it depends on what was going on. But in Ruchnius, you want to become partner. Even though it's uh, extremely uh, time-consuming and the, the answer is uh, you'll be working just as hard, if not harder. It's, uh, that's the point. That's what you're here for. So David here is, I'll get there in one second, so David here is on a Madrega of David Melech. And uh, he's now going to hear from Akash Baruch Hu that there's a t- residual taina on him that Noivir Kainim got wiped out. Now, just to refresh your memory, David Amalekh escaped in the middle of the night, was lowered down out the window by his wife, escaped without a weapon, without food, without credit cards. He didn't even have his wallet on him. That's really bad. That means the 7-Elevens are not going to... So... Um, He's running in the middle of the night, and he has nowhere to go. He's starving to the extent he's about to faint, and he shows up in Nerva Kainim. He says, can I have some food? And they, uh, they say that uh, we're Kainim. We only have Truma and Lachma upon him, and like you're your throw. So I can't really give it to you. And he said, yes, you can. I'm about to die, and it's a constant So I gave it to him. Then he said, um, to answer the question what he's doing here, he had to say something. So you can't say I'm running away from the king. So he said, oh, we got people in the forest on an undercover mission, and they made up a whole story. For Sakhans of Fashas, that's Mutur also. And they said, well, where's your sword? He said, well, we left in a hurry. It's a very, very important mission, big rush. Uh, I need a sword. You have a sword? He said, well, it's not your kind of. We're kind of. We don't have weapons here. This is a peace-loving city. 
So he said, you got to have something. He said, you know, we talk, I have the sword you gave us in the museum in the Kedusha Kedushim, or near the Kedusha Kedushim, with Goliath's sword. He said, that's Gavaldic, the best sword around. I'll take that. And he leaves with the sword. He wants the Chuslords. Did David do anything wrong so far? I just painted the whole scenario over here. He's starving. He eats lechem upon him. He gave him trumo, whatever he ate. And he took a sword, which he donated, and he took back for temporary purposes. He did nothing wrong. Everything was necessary here. Then Shalmal finds out. He thinks the kind of in cahoots. They don't know what he's talking about. Honestly, they don't. They said, Your Highness, it's your son-in-law. It's a top-secret mission. They didn't, they didn't know it was flying. And Shal didn't believe them. And he killed him. Or Dai killed him. He's, he's the one who told them. So, Nebuch, it's a tragedy. It killed out the whole city. What does David Melch have to do with this? So we would think absolutely nothing. And the next line of the Gemara says, How long are you going to have this Avera in your pocket, in your hand? Because of you, they were wiped out. Because of you, Daig lost his Olam Haba and his Olam Haba. Olam Mahaze lost, he died young and he didn't go to Olam Haba. He was responsible for the whole massacre. That was especially painful. Shlesh Banov, including Shlesh Banov, was the innocent. His best friend. So Shaul lost his Malchus and his life for a few reasons, but this was the straw that broke the camel's back. So David's being blamed for all three. And now the question is, uh, you need some kapara, what do you want? Normally you don't give a, you get a choice in kaparas. V'tzancha yichla zaracha, do you want your descendants to be wiped out? Or timsa b'yad ayev, do you want to be handed over to an enemy? So for David Melch, it's tzaddik that he was, this is an easy choice. says, well, better I should die than my children should get wiped out. So, um... What's pshat in uh, this, uh, the whole kitchen? So the answer is, is that had Davina Melech uh, had more schusim, there's no aver of it, he didn't do anything wrong, as I just explained. Everything he did was kalacha. But he was put in a matzah of a magalgan schusay de zakai v'chayva de chayev, and it was a simon that uh, something was wrong in Lamaisa. Perhaps this is conjecture on my part. He saw Daig at the corner of his eye davening there, that's Adig that he was. And he should have realized that Daig is out to get him, which he didn't. He didn't realize how much Daig hated him, if he realized he hated him at all. And he didn't realize he's going to go to Shaul and say they're rebelling. And he suddenly realized Shaul was going to wipe them out. They, he was as surprised at the outcome as Naivir Kainim was. But Lamaisa, on his Madrega, and his brilliance, he should have thought of it, and there's some level of culpability. Which means, you know, we're struggling with our al the things we did beferish. It means you also got to think of the other people you affected with your Averis and your Lashon Hara and your Machlekes and your, all the other things and the people you didn't take care of you're supposed to. All the other things that happened because of action or inaction on your part. Even if you're not David Amel, depending how direct it was, you got to worry about that. That's part of the al Khait. Well, actually, what, what, what would he have done? That's the million-dollar question. Uh, I, I, he didn't realize... Daig was sitting there probably saying to Hillam that David HaMelech wrote <laughs> what he was doing. He was David. He, he didn't... Even, if he, even, if he had even had he realized Daig hated him and he was jealous enough to get the whole place in trouble, to get David in trouble, uh, and thinking the Shoal would accept this wild story, which again, I'm a, had we been there, Shoal, it wasn't clear because it looked like. Shoal couldn't understand. He's my enemy. What are you helping him for? He's your enemy. He's your son-in-law. So he said, well, Many people hold that's not a steerer, but uh, it should be a steerer, right? And uh, normal situations, that's a steerer. And they didn't know what he was talking about. So, David, uh, where we don't appreciate David enough, he could have 
understood 40 steps ahead. You look at a chess master. Nobody here else other can probably understand. He's from the right country to probably understand chess. You play chess, no? Then you're not from that country. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you uh, grew up here. But a chess master looks at the board, is thinking 65 moves ahead. That's the godless. If you're not thinking like that, don't play chess. Because you're not gonna you're not gonna survive the experience. You're not gonna, you can't. And uh, any any leader, any if you're running a business of Lahabdul, if you're running a shul, you, you gotta you gotta understand what every action was gonna be. You have to try your best. You can't. Uh, you're not a navi. Dabur Malach was a navi, so it, 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 that's not what's expected of you. It was expected to understand. Uh, even though you spend your whole life being down the kafshchus, Daig was such a character that he should have uh, known the enemy. You should have known what he was capable of doing, which is. Uh, uh, and uh, that, and a little of the fact that Lamaisa, there must be some kitchen over here for something else, the fact that he was put in this matzah. Uri. It, it might be a cash up in Maisa, but I'm just curious why, why didn't Shul take Doyle to task for not speaking out right then and there? He did. He, as soon as he finished his talim, he uh, left and went straight to the king. But uh, why didn't Shul tell him? Why didn't he tell the Kehanim that Doyle was really my enemy? It's interesting. I think that uh, Daig was such a Russia, which he was, that he wanted to do more. He wanted to get Dov in such trouble. He knew he wasn't going to get it. He never phoned. He's not going to get the shawl immediately if Dov running away. So he's not going to catch Dov. He'd rather get Dov in bigger trouble to show what a, what a problem he is. You have to wipe out a whole city just to be able to... He wanted to, I think, create more of a tumult. Uh, I don't think it wasn't. He couldn't call Shaul from there. So then he's going to start walking back and going back on horseback. So get there anyway a day or two later, however long it was, or an hour or two later. Dov is going to be long gone. Shaul could have called him to task for saying, you were there, you saw the whole thing. Why didn't you try and... They wouldn't have believed him. Just, they didn't believe Shaul. They didn't know what Shaul was talking about. Shaul said, you're all married by Malchus. They said, married by Malchus. Which, where, what, when, what happened? They didn't know what hit them. So, so had Daik said, you can't do that as a fugitive of the law, I don't think it would, David there, I don't think they would have believed him. David held rank. He was, a, he was a commanding officer in the army. So he comes to them and he says, I'm working with the CIA, we're on an undercover mission. We're going to start, Daik said, no, they're not. Who are you? I, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't resonate. Daik was an advisor to the king. He was a somebody, he was a racial Sanhedrin, but he was, David was the man. He's the son-in-law of the king and he's a commander-in-chief, head of the secret services. The story made sense to them. So you say, David shouldn't have lied. Well, what was his choice? Maybe what David should have done was just chosen Lisa at that point. He should have said, it's better that I should die. <laughs> but that's only if you recognize in 2020 hindsight what's going to unfold over here. Uh, there are a number of steps over here. Each one's more shocking than the next. The question was, if, if had David known these things, uh, what would he have done? If, had, he had he known all this, he wouldn't have asked for food. He would have gone to a different city or not gone and not made it. Yes, yes correct, yes. correct. But that's asking... A lot of air. Yes? Is it possible that um, David could have asked for food, but he shouldn't have asked for the sword? Because that looks like that helping his... You know, traveling, traveling at night in those days without a sword was Sakonis mamish stand between the base Ael and Nov. He's going to Eris Plishtim now. He doesn't stand a chance if he goes without a sword. Well, the interesting thing is, as fate would have it, he didn't even, the sword didn't help him. When he got there, as we know from Shabbos Davidi, well, when he got there, the sword was irrelevant because he was one person. And uh, he overheard a couple of people saying, you know, I don't have any Gedolim cards, but that looks like David Amelech. And he realized he was in Sakana and he had to start acting like a totally insane person. And, um, 
and the frothing of the mouth, they let him go. So yeah, in hindsight, the sword didn't help either. But he didn't know that. You have to go with the sword. The first few people you bump into, uh, at least uh, David Amalek was quite a soldier. Bumps into a few plishtim, uh, maybe you'll realize he'll assess it then. It kills a few people. He says, if he has to kill 20, 30, 40, he's not going to go to a different country. But the, uh, traveling without a sword is, uh, uh, today, I can't even give a mushroom because we're not used to traveling on well-lit highways. It's like traveling without a credit card. Uh, you're not going to get anywhere. What? Yeah, the Gemara, the Gemara says that uh, Tam Chacham never goes at night. But it's not just Tam Chacham. Tam Chacham is more, is more. Uh, is, is, is the Sakanas, the Mazikim want to get Dafka Tam Chacham. That's why Chasna. That's why it's more dangerous than. But it was dangerous for everybody. So. Uh, yeah, and that's by Abfei Roshavah. That was by Basheva. It says they're doing Abfei. Kosher can over here. Yeah, but with that said. Uh, apparently something was going on that he was in this matzah for the first place. We call that an Nisayan. The whole thing that Shaul was chasing was just one big Nisayan, which he passed. This thing stuck. But that's the, this, the frightening thing for us, it's a good Gemara before Yom Kippur, is that uh, we're not going to get something that if Shem's not going to have a tiny, we didn't think 60 steps ahead, but maybe two steps, three steps. There are things that even though we didn't do it first, we say Shaul Malayin has nothing to do with us. That's not true. Whether it be action or by inaction. Yeah. Yeah, we don't. We won't find it. Of course, yeah, we don't find it because he didn't have a hammer. But that's that's all right. He didn't. He saw Doig there in the corner of his eye. I don't even know if he knew what Doig was thinking about him. Doig was very jealous of him. You don't always let that on right away. He found out uh, soon enough. But that was, uh, you know, the charge over here is not only Noivir Kainim. Noivir Kainim. He's responsible for Doig. I'm responsible. The guy's out to get me, and he does himself in. I'm responsible for him. Why is he working as me this? But this not even, we call this Gromash of a Gromash of a Gromash. Garmi is a. Well, Doig's the most surprising of all three. Shaul got into trouble and they, he still didn't even want, want Yenison to get hurt. Doig? Is responsible for Doig? So. And says, you gotta, you gotta take care, try to take care of your enemies also. The best thing to take care of Doig over here is to have him killed before he does damage. But he had no, he had no charges on him. What was he gonna do? For Machshavas? Anyway. Lamaisa, that was the choice. David chose that he should be killed. And that's why he falls, this happened in Erev Shabbos, he falls into uh, Yishbi's hands. The Gemara tells Erech, so I'll just uh, repeat this outside, that uh, he was going on, uh, Malachim, in good standing, had to go on target practice once in a while, hunting. And he was hunting, and he, uh, Hashem used a couple times in history deer to keep, uh, people chasing something. It's happened at Sithkir Melech also. And if you remember, what? Or sheep. Yeah, but here, here it was deer. And here he was shooting, shooting, he never missed. And shooting, he kept on going deeper, deeper. All of a sudden he turned around. He was the Plishtim as it is today. The Gaza Strip is very close to Yehuda. It's the next, you know, it's enemy territory. And all of a sudden he found himself in, in, and Yishbi saw him and said, oh, look who we have here. And uh, he was about to kill him and he... Um, had Yishbi not been into the, uh, into the uh, thrill of the chase and the showmanship, uh, he probably, Al-Pideh would have killed David quicker. But instead, he threw him up in the air so he should land on his sword. That extra few seconds of that trick, um, the Gemara tells the Maisa how uh, Avishai got the idea from a uh, Yonah, from a dove, who was, was trying, he was taking a shower, his Arab Shabbos. As I mentioned yesterday, everything happens Arab Shabbos. 
So uh, he'd take a shower, and all of a sudden, the, instead of water coming out, blood started coming out. He realized, okay, there's a dove over here flapping its wings, and there's blood coming out. It must be there's somebody very important for Chai in trouble. He figured it was Dovid Amalek. He went to check the palace. He got out of the shower, dried himself off very quickly, went to the palace. He wasn't there. All of a sudden, they started looking around. They couldn't find him. And he went looking for him. And he had Kfit Sederach, and he got there just in time. And even with the two of them, they had a daunting task in getting rid of Yishbi, but they got rid of him together. From that point on, they uh, ushered David from ever going out again, even to battles. They said, this is too dangerous. They didn't realize the whole background at that time. And they sort of uh, retired him from um, going anywhere alone and practicing for battles and going to any battles. And uh, Lamaisa, David Amalek was saved. The good news is David Amalek was saved at the last moment. The bad news is, is that there's still a Kittrig here, and he had a choice, and now he had A and B, and he chose B, and now B is undone. Now what happens? <coughs> so you would think, okay, I, I would say, but I'm not writing the story. I would say that he had the scare of almost getting killed. He came this close, so he's Yetzizayin, the, the Misa, and, and that was it. Um, that's not what's going to happen. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, this Kitrug is still here, and uh, I have a feeling, the Gemara doesn't say this, it was Zebazagarim, that he did have the scare of almost dying, and therefore that helped that the, the next choice that's going to come into play is not going to be Mekuyim 100%, just 99%. And that's our Maisa with Atalia, which we'll get to. Yes? Timsa usually means you're handed over and you don't come back, like Shimshon, you know, like uh, Timsa. He was handed over to but that, that's the Pella. I would say he almost died a thousand deaths over here. You know the fright he had that he's in front of Yishpi and he's throwing up in the air and his swords. I mean, I, I, I go through, that's like being on a, the hangman's, is, yeah, the guy dropped and he didn't die and they took him off. I would think that, uh, you know, yeah, it's design. But uh, the Gemara says not so. Skip down to the next brackets. There are many instances where David was almost Yes, this one was even closer. Like he was in the air and the Avisha got there, he had to say the Shamer first, keep it suspended. That's how close it was. So this is, uh, you couldn't get, the, this, this was as close as it gets. Uh, we had yesterday during the draw, she was in the cave and Shaul was a few feet away, but, uh, but here he's mamish in the air. And uh, he just didn't fall. Uh, take a look at the next bracket, three lines at the bottom. He's a we do lose you. And they figured out the subkitrix going on over here. They didn't know what happened, but that he should fall into enemy hands like this. Said, you're not going out anymore. Problem is, what do you do with the Xera? So turn to Ahmed Bez. The second Xera now comes into play, and it was switched. They asked David Mel what happened. And David Mel told him a little part of the story, and he said, I chose B. So they said, well, choose A, we need you. But he didn't want to choose A either, but sort of the Gemara says that, well, that was the default, and now um, in our parak it's happening. Minolon, have you seen the bracket in Ahmed Bez? Minolon, yes. Yes. Sounds like it was a direct Nevoah. I mean, we don't know. It could be a Navi. He had a standing Navi all the time. Nelson is, I mean, you know, that doesn't make too much difference whether it came directly or the Navi told him, but he clearly chose, and he chose wisely. I think we, he chose what we expected him to choose. Problem is, now he's going back to choice number one. Uh, so this makes it even bigger, Pella, because, okay, a personal kitchen for himself, but now these uh, quote-unquote Averis, which we have, can't really figure out what they were, is now going to be uh, hanging over all of Malchus Beis David. Minolon, Ahmed Beis, see the bracket there? Minolon, the Kali Zari, the David. And how do we know the first choice now come, came in and happened in, in history and almost uh, happened completely? 
the sieve, quotes our Pasuk Atalia, Eimachazi Aroki Meis Benah, Takam Tavis And she wiped out the entire Maluchas. The Gemara says, well, not exactly. As we know from our Perek, Yayush was saved at the last moment. The Gemara says, yeah. The reason Yayush was saved shows you how close life gets. Yayush was saved. If you remember when Naivir Kainim was wiped out, there was one baby that was whisked away also and saved. And his name was Avyasar, and that's why we still have the Kunum. And the Gemara comments, Amrab Yudam Arav El Mala in Nishtair of Yasalachimel Ben Achitov. Had he not been saved, Lanishtair Mizar Shal David Sarud Apolit, no one would have been saved over here. So Hashem obviously, providentially, that child was saved in order that Malchus Beis David should continue. Because you have a promise, Malchus Beis David will always continue. We'll get to that in the Rambam when we get to it after Sukkis. But he was saved, and now. The Kitruk, so I think, again, the Gemara doesn't say this, I didn't see this in the first year, but I think the fact that David almost got killed and went through that pachad had something to do with this chus over here. But the whole thing is still a pella because we have a promise to David Melch, which uh, is brought down the Allah and the Rambam, which, remind me, we're up to after Sukkis, that Malchus based David will never be wiped out. So even though the Gemara makes it sound like, yes, it was never wiped out, and it wasn't wiped out because one was safe Navier Kainim, he wasn't deserving of a full annihilation. Uh, that was part of the background, I think, because of Avtacha, that it won't be wiped out. But the Gemara says, Ki'ilu, this Cheshpen, this Kitrug on Davon was enough to really have it undone. And his Chosim, the Chosavis, and a lot of things, uh, so to speak, uh, kicked in over here to save the day. And that's what we're holding over here. This young king now becomes... Melech, at a very young age, his uncle, the Kain Gadol, Yayada, is going to be the regent. Uh, there's a lot more to say in this. Mesa Shem will start back with the Ramam after Sukkot.